This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Clear Curriculum, your instructional design and training company, specializing in enterprise resource planning. Phenomenal Foods by Chef Holly, creator of West Indian-inspired seasonings, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. St. Croix oil refinery safety concerns include potential for explosions, according to environmental report. Tesla Powerwall powered 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico. United States struggles to find ally for military intervention in Haiti. Cuban legislatures blast United States trade embargo. Jamaica Republic status with complete move to independence. Dominica's Prime Minister Skerek calls for reduction of imported goods. Antigua and Barbuda cabinet reveals discussions are on the way to recruit Ghanaian nurses and the Caribbean's newest affordable all-inclusive resort is in Antigua. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 28. We start a report today in the U.S. Virgin Islands at the St. Croix Oil Refinery where there are several safety concerns. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has released its findings of an inspection of the Port Hamilton Refining and Transportation Refinery on St. Croix formerly Lime Tree Bay Refinery. The inspection was initiated following smoldering coke incident in August. The EPA's finding paint a picture of a facility with a plethora of issues caused by a lack of maintenance that could lead to disastrous outcomes, including the federal agency what they described as potential for explosions and catastrophic release of harmful gases. In the area of Port Hamilton refining and transportation obligation to maintain a safe facility, the findings were particularly worrisome as the EPA said the company could not provide current operating procedures and operator training records. The EPA said a tour of the facility by EPA inspectors observed conditions demonstrating a systemic lack of maintenance. Port Hamilton Refining and Transportation had not responded to a request for comments at the time of the report. In July, Port Hamilton said it had intensified its push to restart the refinery by mid-2023, though the company did not share any details on how exactly it was speeding up a potential start. In other news, Tesla Powerwalls powered 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico. Electric.co reports Tesla Powerwall was powering 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico during the latest island-wide grid outage due to a hurricane. The number of Powerwalls on the island is higher than expected. In 2017, Puerto Rico's power grid was badly destroyed by a strong hurricane. At the time, Tesla had somewhat recently launched its energy division and its Powerwall home battery pack. The company saw 
an opportunity to help the region and showcase its new product. Tesla focused then on limited Powerwall production, on supplying Puerto Rico with battery pack that could provide backup power in case of outages. The company focused on critical services. Along with the Powerwalls, Tesla deployed a series of power pack systems on the Puerto Rico island of Vieques and Culebra for a sanitary sewer treatment plant, the Arcadia Water Pumping Station, the Ciudad Dorado Elderly Community, the Susana Centeno Hospital, and the Boys and Girls Club of Vieques. The automaker's energy division also deployed a solar battery system at the hospital in Puerto Rico. Less than a year after the natural disaster, Tesla claimed that it had 11,000 energy storage projects underway. Now, a few years later, Tesla has kept going and now has power walls at 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico. Tesla made the announcement on Twitter in response to Powerwall owners reporting the performance of their home battery packs. Many of those battery systems are also connected to solar power, which enables homeowners to operate off-grid. Tesla's Powerwalls are not the only home battery packs on the island, as other companies have released competing products in recent years. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Next up, the United States struggles to find ally for military intervention in Haiti. HaitiNews.net via RT News reports, the United States has been unable to persuade any ally to lead an international military intervention in violence-plagued Haiti, the Miami Herald reported on Wednesday. President Joe Biden's administration is reluctant to send troops, especially with the U.S. congressional midterm elections approaching in just two weeks. Officials are debating whether to scrap a draft UN Security Council resolution calling for deployment of a multinational rapid action force to Haiti because no country has agreed to commit troops to the venture. The United States plan was to urge other countries to send troops to Haiti and to support them with equipment and training. Allies have been frustrated that Washington has declined to contribute some of its own forces, the Herald said. Now on to Cuba, where Cuban legislators are blasting the United States trade embargo. Bahamanews.net via Chinua News reports, Cuban legislators on Thursday condemned the intensification of the U.S. trade embargo against the Caribbean nation during a parliamentary hearing. Addressing the audience, Cuba's Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs, Carlos Fernandez de Casio, said the U.S. economic sanctions are aimed at creating social discontent among the Cuban people. The remarks came ahead of the Cuban government's presentation of its annual draft resolution against the embargo before the United Nations General Assembly scheduled for November. Cuba's first Deputy Minister of Public Health, Tania Cruz, said the United States government restricted the island's access to medical supplies, medicines, and reagents during the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Cuban officials' data, the United States sanctions in the past six decades has cost the Cuban economy a total of $154.2 billion U.S. Dollars. First imposed in 1962, the embargo was tightened by former U.S. President Donald Trump, 
who put in place 243 more sanctions, including banning all flights from the United States to Cuban destinations, except for Havana, and capping remittances Cuban Americans can send to their families back home. The current U.S. administration allowed flights to resume to other Cuban cities and lifted the cap on remittances, but the web of sanctions against Cuba remains largely in place. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Jamaica Republic status would complete move to independence. Jamaica Information Service reports Jamaica's Minister of Legal and Constitutional Affairs, Marlene Malahu Forte, says transitioning from a constitutional monarchy to a republic is critical to completing the move to independence. In an interview with SBS TV Australia on October 26 at Jamaica House, Mrs. Forte said the move to independence is much larger than what has been done so far. The general argument is that we must complete that move to put ourselves firmly and squarely in charge of our affairs. We now have a foreign monarch over whom we have absolute no control. Even symbolically, head does not sit well with the path we've taken, she said. Australia, which is also a Commonwealth realm, has in recent times renewed the conversation on their own journey in transitioning from a constitutional monarchy to a republic. Providing an update on Jamaica's progress, Minister Forte said that the process is far advanced. We have had many attempts in the past. I have been surprised in looking at how much work is being done, including a draft bill to replace now His Majesty the King with a president of Jamaican origin, she noted. The minister said the next step would be the preparation of a note for the cabinet to update and inform them, and also a submission of the options for consideration by the Constitutional Reform Committee when it's constituted. Based on procedures outlined in the Constitution, the transition process will take time. Two-thirds majority vote in the House and Senate is required, plus a referendum, where the electorate will also have their vote on the issue. Now on to Barbados, where the optional savings scheme plus falls short, says Central Bank Governor. Barbados Today reports despite successfully completing its first international monetary fund-backed economic recovery program and achieving certain targets, the government of Barbados has so far failed to adequately whet the appetite of investors with its most recent bond offer. According to the report, the Mia Motley-led administration seems to be some way off from going back to the international market to raise capital. The take-up of the recently issued 200 million Barbados optional savings schemes plus investment bonds has fallen short of expectations, according to the governor of the Central Bank of Barbados, Cleveston Haynes. The demand has been quite slow, he reported on Wednesday, while disclosing that only around 10 million has been taken up since it became available on September 1, 2022. The Barbados Optional Savings Scheme Plus bond were issued at a fixed interest rate of 4.5% per annum, payable on February 28 and August 31st of each year. The bonds may be redeemed by the bondholder 24 months after the date of first issue. 
With the bad taste of the 2018-2019 debt restructuring still lingering in the mouths of investors, Hayes said he believes that contributed to the slow take-up of the new bonds, which are an extension of the Barbados Optional Savings Scheme bonds that were issued in July 2021. Haynes identified the COVID-19 pandemic also as a major factor that put a spoke in the government's wheel to go to the international capital market to raise funds. The central bank governor said, while it is still possible for the Motley-led government to go to the international capital markets, the market themselves have been in turmoil due to increased inflation, leading to rising interest rates that have resulted in higher borrowing costs for countries. That, Haynes says, would not ideal for Barbados. Therefore, you also have to make decisions as to whether or not you want to enter capital markets at this point when the rates are so elevated, he said. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. To share news and information and upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Next up, Dominica's Prime Minister Skerritt calls for reduction of imported goods. Dominican News Online reports Dominica's Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt has reiterated a call for the reduction of imports to Dominica. He presented this imperative at the feature address at the annual Diaspora Dialogue held at the State House Conference Center on Wednesday. One of the first actions we need to take in Dominica in order for us to get to the point is to reduce on imported things we buy, Prime Minister Skerritt argued. There is absolutely no reason why any Dominican should buy imported watermelons in Dominica. According to Scarra, the power in terms of transforming agriculture resides in the hands of the consumers. If you go to the supermarket and you insist that you want local stuff, they will stock up on local stuff, he stated. This is where we are pushing heavily and also agro-processors turning primary products into secondary and tertiary products, adding value to it. Meantime, Skerritt said agriculture is going to be a major thrust. He also mentioned that his government will provide support to the hucksters with financing in order to be able to pay farmers more timely. In other news, Antigua and Barbuda cabinet reveals discussions are on the way to recruit Ghanaian nurses. Antigua Observer reports in an attempt to improve the delivery of public health services in Antigua and Barbuda, plans are being put in place to recruit a number of nurses from Ghana. Antigua and Barbuda's Health Minister Malwin Joseph made the announcement to Cabinet during its weekly meeting on Wednesday. Two weeks ago, Barbados successfully recruited over 100 English-speaking nurses from the West African nation who have been trained to meet U.S. standards and have several years of experience, all characteristics that bode well for their potential introduction into the system in Antigua and Barbuda. Local nurses in Antigua and Barbuda have complained for some time about the lack of staff, and while there is no word yet on the number of nurses that can make their way from Ghana to the Twin Island Nation. It is also not clear what stage the recruitment process is at or when the new nurses will likely arrive in the country, with the report only saying that the process has started.
You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now news from the tourism sector. World Travel and Tourism Council Chief bats for Caribbean sustainability. Dominica News Online reports the president of the World Travel and Tourism Council wants to see a strong focus on environmental sustainability throughout the Caribbean. Delivering a recorded address to stakeholders gathered for the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association's Caribbean Travel Forum in San Juan, Puerto Rico this month, Julia Simpson endorsed policy solutions such as government incentives, which reward businesses that adhere to environmental standards and are eco-certified. The global travel leader also called for the embracing of technological advances to help the travel and tourism sector decarbonize. Transportation and accommodation providers can invest in sustainable fuels, eco-friendly designs, and renewable technologies, she advised, while asserting that climate change has a disproportionate impact in the Caribbean. We need the global community to work together to mitigate its effects and reverse biodiversity loss. Now here's our final note. The Caribbean's newest affordable all-inclusive is in Antigua. The Caribbean Journal reports the newly reimagined Jolly Beach Antigua, the legendary resort in Antigua, is reopening to guests in December. And that includes rates as low as $199 per month, all-inclusive. It's a level of value that's hard to find in the Caribbean, particularly in an island as sought after as Antigua. One that comes with three restaurants, three bars, two swimming pools, a spa, tennis court, a coffee shop, a game room, and a fitness center, among other amenities. Longtime Caribbean hotelier Robert Barrett and his team are revitalizing the resort, so it's ready for fun in the sun starting on December 1st. For more information, visit Jolly Beach Antigua. This podcast has been brought to you by Claire Curriculum, your instructional design and training company specializing in enterprise resource planning. Phenomenal Foods by Chef Holly, creator of West Indian-inspired seasonings and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information and upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, October 27th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.